Hey, Jamie, I've got a question for you. What do you want, Tom? Who's on the podcast this coming Friday? Oh, is it someone big? Boy. Is uh, it a big one? Shall I bother listening this week? Yeah. If I was going to say uh, take. And I would say off no, your trousers. No, no. Take. Me out. No, take. Paddy McGuinness. No, take. Take on me. Take that. Wow. Have a little patience. But hang on, presumably you've only, you haven't got all three of them, have you? Presumably you've just got one of them. Buddy, we have all three of them on the podcast. They've released a new album. It's coming out. They're going on tour. They talk about the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, on everything that happened in Take the That. The ins, the outs. And they reveal it all this Friday. Exclusively. On Private Parts. That's a big one. I'm going to listen to that. I'm joined by Makita Oliver. Um, very, and how would you describe our relationship? Who am I to you? You're just, you are the closest of friends, allies. You are, you've actually provided me with a lot. Yeah, that's, that's actually true. I've brought good people into your life. Yeah, you have. I didn't bring your girlfriend. No. Which I, was, I always wanted to be responsible for her presence in your life, but not quite. You wanted to play Cupid. Yeah. You tried. I did want to bring love into your life. I've tried, I've tried <laughs> many tried. times to bring love into your life. Yeah. But I did bring love into your life in the form of Mackenzie. Yeah, true. It was one for, of your great loves now. Yeah, that's true. You did. You essentially gave me fitness. I gave you fitness. <laughs> I gave you physique. Yeah. Same when I go to gym anymore, really. Yes. Basically, the, the, the ethos of this podcast is we are going to just... Get into discussion, open conversation okay. about, I'd say, mental health. Okay. And our relationships with triggers or or, or um, the ways in which we deal with it. I think that's always fun, is to hear about certain methods or how things affect your mental health. Well, it's very strange that today we're recording this just before I'm going to basically a hypnotist about certain parts of my mental health. What? Do you want to disclose anymore? Yeah, I guess I can. I have this, like, really... It's really strange. And it's it used to be small, and now it's getting... It got really big, and I was like, I have to... I have to deal with this. Basically, I have a really weird phobia of texture. Wait, hold on. Because I'm with you on specific textures. Right, okay. Like, I can't deal with... Um, Felt? No. <laughs> Sorry, projection. Total projection. Total projection. What's wrong with felt? No, see, felt would be a dream to me because it's soft. I'm not very good with like hard, broken texture. Sandpaper. No, more like concrete. And like. (laughs) 
like and like bricks. It's actually not funny. No, it's not funny. You have an issue with comments everywhere. Is it broken? Hard texture. Like, I'm not even that into that fake brick wall there. It's freaking you out. I, even though that's made of paper, I imagine. But how do you feel? It, like, it's not like it grosses me out. It makes me go, <sighs> like that. It, like, makes me feel shuddery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I looked into it, and there is this thing called trip phobia, which is where, I can't believe I'm talking about this, which is where people people have it, they can't look, they can't look at holes. Like lots that of are near holes. to each other. Yeah, that are near to each Yo. other. See, why does that get to us? Why because it could little... become a bigger hole. Exactly, exactly, which is why I can't deal with cracks in pavements because I feel like it could just be like, oh. You know, I really feel like... It's horrific. Already, so far, that cassette boy could cut excerpts <laughs> of this conversation and have an absolute field day. We've only been doing it for like two and a half minutes. Just how are these two holes? Um, <laughs> no, but I just, I, it, I was like, I can't live like this because there's concrete and brick everywhere and it was starting to feel quite overwhelming. Is it the actual feeling of it or just looking at the it? Look, looking at it. Wow. Yeah. And some days it's like, fine. Some days it's so bad. I'm like, oh. See, that's interesting. What, have you found any continuity um, between the days where it's worse? No. And I've desperately been trying to think, is it when I'm hungover? Is it when I'm more stressed? It's not. It just, fe- whenever it feels like being worse, it is. And that's what I find really disconcerting because you never know when it's going to come at you. You never know when there's going to be another brick wall <laughs> you can't handle. And then weirdly, do you know You go to weird? Legoland just to chill out. <laughs> I couldn't go to Legoland. Why? Because it's all blocky. So it's the shape. It's the shape and the texture. Look at my body language. I understand, but texture insinuates... Yeah, okay. But And also, weirdly, I spoke to our family about it. I spoke to Nana about it, and she was like, I totally get that. Yeah, and I spoke yeah. to my grandma, and she was like, yeah, I can't look at certain textures. So I think, hopefully, I'm not... <laughs> I think it's... It is something people do have in their life in different ways. Like the yeah. fact that you have a weird thing about felt. Yeah, yeah, I've got it for a few things. Ah, I've got one. What does it make it you even, do? Does it make your mouth itch? No, the one that gets me the worst <laughs> is when people... The wooden bit at the end of, a, of an ice cream, like a lot, you know, when it's yeah. like a solero. And, yeah. And then, What's wrong with that with the stick? And then someone getting through the wooden bit and the net. Yeah, I can't do that. And okay. the teeth on the wood. Oh, wooden okay. cutlery as well. Oh, okay. All right. Like, so that kind of rubbing. Of and I can deal with it. It's just like thinking about it. From it. Yeah. Or like felt or velvet hangers or like, or, or. What about if, like, a woman was in a velvet dress? Yeah, it would be cool, but, like, I wouldn't touch it too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, yes, yeah, sweet. It'd be cool, Hi. but I wouldn't touch her. I'd be like, hello. <laughs> but what does it do? Does it give you anxiety? Or it doesn't it give me anxiety. Just... I just make... I mean, the wooden... Like, honestly, with the wooden cutlery, but even thinking about it, my mouth goes funny. It just goes... Bleh. See, this is what I mean. I think or a have... dog chewing a tennis ball. Okay, that's... Very, that's these are quite abstract that don't really seem to mesh as one. So... You know, that's what I mean. We're all. I feel like I've had a bad experience, maybe. So I'm going to this hypnotherapist guy. He he wants to be good. It's really expensive. But um, (laughs) Lily went for smoking and she stopped smoking. And he deals with like phobias and I guess addiction, sort of. He also said that I was like, I know it sounds mental. He's like, no, I've done people who are scared of green. Like phobias are very, very bespoke. The color green. To us. Yeah, imagine imagine me scared of the color green. Some people are scared of water. Yeah. But just, I mean, imagine being scared of something that's also within your body. Yeah, that's terrifying. Anyway, so that's what's happening today after this. I have a, I still have a kind of, I've just got over a fear of the saxophone solo in Careless Whisper. (laughs) (laughs) I love that saxophone solo. I had to deal with it a lot after he died. (laughs) 
Which was like, do you know what I mean? Like when, when not George just Michael, you. R.I.P. Huh? Not just you. What do you mean? Well, you didn't just have to deal with it a lot after he died. No, 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 no. No, no, I know. I mean, as in, I up until the death of George Michael, R.I.P., absolute legend. Yeah. I could kind of avoid Keller's Whisper. <laughs> okay. But for a good six months, it was like, and I don't know what it is. I feel like, I feel like it was... As a child, it made me uncomfortable, and I don't know why. Oh my God, are you? You're being serious. I'm being deadly serious. As a child, it made me uncomfortable. I don't know why. And then whenever it came on, I'd have to leave a, the room. Do you think that maybe? It's and now it's become psychosomatic. Yeah. Do you think that when, as a child, it sounded a bit sexual, and that made you feel uncomfortable? Do you want me to be really honest with Go you? Go on. For some reason, whenever I hear the su- careless whisper saxophone solo, I feel as though I'm stuck on a desolate street in the 80s under a single lamppost. Oh my god, I kind being of, rained on. I kind of hear what you mean. It's sort of like depressing almost. It's like I can't escape this one street in the 1980s specifically, and I, and the 1980s is almost a phobia of mine. Well, because they were so it was such a bleak. Well, other than Prince, I I was I'm just not into how much reverb there were on snares. <laughs> Okay. It's like every snare drum was in a really haunted building. Oh, right. You weren't born in the 80s, were you? I wasn't. I'm You're afraid. 90s. I'm a 90s boy. Three. When the snares were reduced in... in Thank God for that. Yeah, they calmed Thank down God a bit. And that. there weren't so many, like... There wasn't so many floating fabrics in music videos. Well, at least now I know how to really get to you when you start getting my nerves just whack on careless whisper. whisper. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> malfunction. But I have got... No, but I've got over it. It's actually my new favourite thing is to try and move past these feelings of, of, uncomfort- of discomfort wouldn't cut being one of them because you end up sounding like a right douchebag yeah. when you're just like excuse me do you have any you know what I mean well yeah I, I can not have when I'm like I can't walk down that street there's a brick wall thing. like I get it yeah like you start to sound ridiculous yeah so I'm happy that we're both working through these hypnotherapy is fascinating issues. well I've never I've never done anything like it and I just feel like I just as if he's going to be able to hypnotise me like come on what do you mean I just don't feel like it's going to happen like it's going to work what? The hypnosis? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. No, but I went to hypnosis once to stop eating carbs when I was 20. And uh, she just talked to me and I just pretended it was working and it wasn't. I just don't think... Some people... I just that's like... Do when Darren Brown did that like nationwide trick that made everyone like, get stuck to the chair? No, I don't remember that. Don't he did a thing on television where you have to wa- had to watch this thing. This is back when like there were literally like five channels. And maybe preview. You have to watch this. Thi- <laughs> you have to watch this thing and not look away and sit in a chair. Oh yeah, and, and half and the nation got the stuck. Telly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Harley, he actually got stuck. And I was like, I kind of wanted to carry on, but I was, I was gutted. Have you ever I wasn't had stuck at all. personal hypnotherapy or hypnosis rather than like Darren Brown on telly? No. Do you think it would work? You think this I've is going? I've looked at something to... long enough and <clears throat> until I've fallen asleep. That's not the same. <laughs> That's not the same. I just don't think I'm going to go into this, like... I really think you will. ...thing. Okay, well, let's see. You know what? That's a great start, because obviously we do like to discuss methods in which to deal with these kind of bizarre neuro pathways that are sculpted by God knows what. I don't know who had a brick wall when you were younger, but they... Are responsible for this. Yes, but it's <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. I just feel like when you're facing a lot of stuff, it's a more positive place than when you're hiding from it. But it is a real struggle to like live in it and think, try and solve it, and 
try and survive it and get out on the other side of it. it well, whatever that may be. My fear of, um, like, obviously, I'm producing this new show, the one with Grimmy. Amazing. And, like, having to go into the role of producer, I found really difficult because I just keep thinking everything's falling apart and that, and and that I'm fighting for everything. My, and my mom's like, no, this is production. Like it's <laughs> it's negotiation. It's you have to work through things. And like all the emails, I keep thinking you're a little cut. And my mom's like, no, they're just not moddy coddling you because you're not the presenter. <laughs> <laughs> so every email, I'm like, why is she being such a bitch? My mom's like, no, she's just talking to you like a producer. Like yeah. you're you're on the team. She has to be like the budget's this. It and won't work efficient. for that. Efficient. And I just think she's being officious. And um, I think he's being a very vicious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, like, we had a venue, and I was just like, I don't like this location. I don't want to film here. Oh, yeah, I called you and told you about yeah. all this. No, I know this. And then I fought for my location, and I swear to God, we've, and we've got it. We're doing it in Mark Ronson's old, stu- old studio now in King's Cross. And the day that we, like, got that, because I'd fought for it, and I said, absolutely not, we're not filming in this other place, that was like a feeling of contentment I've never had. I felt really proud of myself for just sticking. To what I know. Sometimes you don't know everything, but what you know, you know. Yeah. And I knew that. Was Are the there any place. what when you feel that when you feel as though everything is crumbling? Please don't say crumble. Why? <laughs> because that's a trigger for me. Really? Yeah, because obviously like texture. The brick. Yeah, the brick. <laughs> any other things? Uh, Melt. No, no, no. That's nice because that's soft. Oh, so you have like a coarse yeah, texture thing. Yeah, it's like brutal. Texture. Like smash. I don't like that either. <laughs> really? Do you watch many action films? No. And I also can't even watch... Um, Are action films horror films to you? No, but Grand Designs is a horror film to me now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just concrete and brick everywhere. And I used to really love it. <laughs> it's really upsetting. You would have smashed it in a stone age. Sorry. Oh, stone? Just stop. Not stone? No, because... Oh, yeah, I suppose so. It's not alongside the word smash. <laughs> <laughs> I really shouldn't have brought this out. No, Say no, what you I'll, want. I'll, I'll smelt. Yeah, mm. soft, Ooh. sticky, gooey. Swish. I like. Yeah, gooey. exactly. Yeah, Water. Like Do you know what really helps? Sometimes put Gushy. in my hat. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Sometimes I put my hands in water. Yeah, moisture. Yeah, exactly. When things are maybe less stable, thank you. Are there any methods of of how do you deal with that? Post-it notes. Really? Yeah. I really enjoy post-it notes. That's quite... That's, that Explain. So I have a... Because of the way we work, because yeah. we're working freelance people, there's a lot of things going on at the same time. You're not just going to the same office every day. So that's what I can find quite overwhelming. I'm like, oh yeah, what stage is that at? And are we doing well with that? And, and I was just always a bit like... Ugh. So I made a wall in my bedroom, which is um, each project where it's at, and where we need to get to. That's so responsible. <laughs> That's the most responsible thing I've ever done. But it's great, because every time I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, refer to the wall. And it's like, yeah, that's at that stage. We need to make that call to get there. It's oh almost like God. a timeline. You're a genius. I know. Giving yourself structure allows you to not also, be overwhelmed by chaos. Also, do you you're kind of like taking the thought and just less pressure. Yeah, because you kind of put it out and then you just see it visually rather than it just going round and round and round. I used to do that with whiteboard paper. Maybe you should bring that back, maybe you should bring that back into your life. Yeah. No, yeah, I should. Because you have like six different projects going on at a time. Yeah, so you need to be like... My brain's just kind of gone... "Mm." This is your defence towards that now. Just wrap up warm. 
No, it's cold outside. <laughs> no, it's not. It's happened. really cold. It's not that cold. It's cold, and also this kind of get up is a little bit, you know, subversive and cool. <laughs> Good for being so honest. Okay, it's true. It is Listen, subversive. yeah. No, that's the too whole much. true podcast. Always judge books by their covers. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Um, I like this cord though. Oh, that's nice. Exactly. And soft. Imagine how I'd have to take that off, and you know, it's just all part of the vibes. Yeah, when we did Saigon, you did have some good looks. I was impressed. Every day was like a Thank whole you. new look. I know. I can't wear them anymore either. Now. What do you mean? Been on telly, isn't it? Oh, I'm joking. I, I wear think... the same clothes all the time. <laughs> no, actually, you don't. I do. When we were in Saigon, everyone had. Yes. Suitcases like this, you brought like a little handbag, and every day you had a different look. Yeah, because I was like, I planned how it. have you done this? I planned it. And you just packed a lot of linen, which <laughs> it was down. absolutely <laughs> boiling. I don't know what else you expect me to pack. Very efficient. I brought like cowboy boots. I don't know what I was because thinking. you're silly. <laughs> you're stupid. Um, I'd like to ask you this question. No, because uh, you you responded very openly, honestly, to how are you? I, th- I think the post-it notes suggestion is brilliant. We don't necessarily consider thoughts to be a physical actuality, when actually are really very they exist. I believe in that anyway. I'm saying that as though I'm educated. No, I, I, I completely the en- agree. The energy that exists, which is why I think manifestation is a thing. Yeah, absolutely. And we are more powerful than we think. So if we want to make all this negative, we can really easily in the same way that... I'd like to use my power for good instead of evil. Yeah. Towards myself. Yeah. How old were you when you first became conscious of mental health? By the way, before you keep referencing Saigon... Oh, yeah, we need to make it clear. <laughs> Mikita and I did a show called Road to Saigon, which was basically, we got paid to drive around Asia. I mean, we, I say drive loosely, neither of us passed driving test in time, <laughs> which I'm almost positive was the universe's way of saving our lives yeah. because everyone drives. We shouldn't have been on those roads. Zero rules. Drivers. It's like one big game of chicken. So really we got paid to be driven around Asia. Yeah, it's <laughs> literally chauffeured around Asia. Um, but genuinely on a, on a less um, comedic level, it was quite a revelatory experience, I'd say. Oh, I think it was absolutely wonderful. Somewhat testing for our mental health too. <laughs> for sure. I was really <laughs> proud of myself after that. Well, you and your mum came across... Sorry, you and your mum came across really well. Thank you. And I was very lucky to have you guys there. Oh, it was really nice to have you there, actually. Was it? Is it because I'm so funny? No, it was more like... Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was because you're so funny. That's why. Um, you weren't that funny on that trip. You were quite stressed a lot. I was I was heavily edited. <laughs> How old were you? Heavily edited. How old were you when you first became conscious of mental health? Uh, I had a dream... When I was 19, and uh, it was when my first, the first, um, I had th- this texture thing came up, and that's when I also realised that. Like, really? Yeah. I think it's a manifestation of anxiety. Yeah, nice. And Not I think, nice. I mean, yeah, lovely. So I hope that's what we talk, I think that's what he'll say today. I've, but anyway, what I wanted to say is I went to this, I've been seeing all these doctors to try and figure out what to do. This one doctor, he's brilliant, charmer, Nano Cam go to him. You have to, she, he was like, sometimes in life, our brain is more uh, scientific than you think. He's like, literally, you could have banged your head a few years ago or even a few months ago, and this could just be off. Uh, and suddenly it's like, the, so instead of brick wall, it's just a brick wall. It's going brick wall, anxiety, fear. Yeah. Because things can just be yeah. knocked off. You have to go into neuroplasticity. Yeah, it's, it's a physical, you know, thing. You've got to almost like realign the stuff in your brain. It's mad to think fragile. that. I had to do that recently. I, I had like a, a real spot. Of, I mean, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast already, maybe. But I had like a week that was awful. I think I had like messed up the 
dosage of my medication that I was on at the time. Which yeah. I'm actually not on at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but no, no, but I actually feel great. But it, it was just an unfortunate domino effect. And I had like a week of like, it was really, really tough, like horrendous feeling. And tell me what. But I, I had, I, I went, I, I almost faked feeling good for like two to three days. Because it almost encourages those synapses to go, oh, ah. do you know what I'm trying to say? So it's like... Talk if yourself you, into it. Well, because it's a pathway, isn't it? Because you get into... I feel like you get into negative mental patterns, but with routine. So so if, so you, you see it, and it, you can get really deep with trauma, of course, which isn't just easy to rewire, but that's essentially what's happened. So, you know, if I was to, like, walk through that door and get fucking hit by something... And I just suddenly associated a yellow wall with with that trauma, you know. Mm-hmm. That's something in your brain goes. Yeah, that's what he's and it, and it glues it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Whereas if you are to, if you are to to go to that and go, I'm fine with this yellow wall. It's like this thing. It's like no, and you go and he said again and again, and then it goes. Yeah, that's apparently. what. I, yeah, I have been trying to do that as well because I think, as we said, we are more powerful than we think, and I, I guess in a way, it, it is all just weird games in your head. So you it's just like with smoking to... cigarettes. I haven't. I've accidentally haven't... stopped that as well. No, no, no. When I say stop as well, it's not like we're drinking. I have had cigarettes. I'll have cigarettes socially. But like considering I'd smoke all the time, all day, really. I genuinely never think about them. Unless someone has one. And right. I'm like, oh, I love one. Wow, that's real freedom. It's mad, isn't it? How did you do that? I, I honestly can't remember. Okay. <laughs> I think I think it was just, do you know what? Actually, no, how did I do that? Do you still have tobacco when you smoke? Probably milk? getting Spike, yeah. Probably getting getting a dog as well helps because you walk in <coughs> Distraction. Mm. Okay. Um, Where do you walk the bike? Oh Queen's well, there's park. a park called Dogshit Park up by Queens Park. Yeah, you can let him off the lead. But actually, I, I walk with him off the lead now. I know Dogshit Park. Yeah. I think I used to run QPCS. there. QPCS. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, wicked though, because because basically, I realised that when Rizzle Kicks came out, so it would have been like six or seven years ago now. A lot of the kids who loved us are like rude boys now. Oh whoa! Oh whoa! I Interesting. Love it. I love it. So I mean, obviously, it, boys and girls, but I just there's in a, a couple... way. Are they like? Oh, it's that. No, because you I see, no, 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 nah. No. That's what's more fun because oh, right. you think. I mean, I don't think I'm quite as poppy as I don't think Wizard Kicks is quite as poppy as the pop I'm going to reference. But like, say for example, if if for me, if I saw like any member of Five, <laughs> I don't care where where I am, where they're at in their lives. I'm excited. I'm saying something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, let me try and think of a better example. No, no, no. That's more. a great example. Can you name no, all no, of five? we're not like five. Come on. Uh, <laughs> no, Rizzle Kick, listen. We brought hip-hop no, to a big market, right? You ever seen a hip-hop like, gig in Inverness? Of course nah. you're not. You haven't like, seen a hip-hop fine. gig in Inverness since. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? 2011, right. Inverness. Rizzle Kick's right. Kick a Matt Cardle, for fuck's sake. Oh, my God. It went, listen, no one went up there, bro. We're dropping fucking no, hip-hop around all these little utes out in the suburbs. Living in woods and that. I do agree with you. All right, sorry. <coughs> but um, um, anyway, you can't find another Jay example because I abs. think you were... Oh, yeah. Jay Abs. Think Jay, me. <laughs> Nick. Come on. <laughs> Who was the pretty one that went out with Billy Piper? Abs. No, he's not. There's not. another pretty one. He's not pretty, but he was like... Smiley. Richie! Richie! Oh, he was so he off was, his head. Oh, he was awful. Yeah. And then there was uh, that mixed race one that no one really talked about. Sean. They had a mixed race one in five. Yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so yeah, my point is... Yeah, I got up to the park and then they're just like... They, you know, see you and they go, Oi! 
Yeah, I used to bump your shit block. When I was like, yeah. they're talking about when they were like 12. Yeah. Love that. And so, now they're all like 25. This is not about mental health. Um, no. <coughs> so. No, but it is actually because. It is a little bit. Let's be honest about the fact that you and I have been well known since we were young. Uh-huh. And I think that does really affect, uh, that does really affect your mental health because I think it can be very, very isolating. Yeah. Um, the being, bigger you get, the smaller your world does. Yeah. And and also just like for a lot after a long time after like five years ten years, it's all you know. So I think you can become quite introverted because you don't a want to discuss it with anyone ever because everyone's like I don't want to hear about you getting recognised yeah. who gives a shit. So it's something, can't complain about fame. Exactly. I was told that so and it, early. And so it's a conversation you're constantly having with yourself about like oh, do I want to get on that pat train? Do I want to walk down that street? Do I want to walk it's in that mad, pub? Isn't it? So it's like it, 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 I don't know. It makes you and your brain a bit of a weird team. In a weird it's way. bizarre. I always consider it like this, so how I explain it to someone is I feel as though life is this big house, you know, and you're just making your way around certain rooms and and pretty much everyone goes to a few key rooms, you know, mm-hmm. and then ultimately you get to a point where you go, okay, I think I've seen enough rooms. I'm going to decorate the ones that I've already seen. <laughs> but it's almost like things like fame or, or being exposed to a certain environment is like you l- open a door to a room and it is like quite exciting, but, but you eventually you, you don't want to live in it. But you know you have to shut it, and once it's shut, you, you think, can never go back in that room. You've seen it. Oh right. So now you can't. You, you can't, can't not not see it. <laughs> you can't. You can't That's not. True. You can't unsee it. Yeah. That's actually a very weird, brilliant, brilliant description <laughs> of fame. Do you know what I mean? Because so you're walking around this house and you're thinking, oh fuck, man. I, that room. Yeah, that room. <laughs> that room is exciting. It's like, and then people are like, what room? I don't understand. My life is I just look at other rooms. Anyway. Um, That's amazing, Jordan. Write that one down. What's, your, what's been your best period of mental well-being? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Um, I there was, I know what it was. When I was 27 and I went bankrupt and I got dumped by Luke. And I was like, right. This is the lowest I've ever been. Sorry, best period. <laughs> I'm confused. Because it was the first time I took things into my own hands and I was like, this is not my story. I'm going to change everything. And I lost two stone and got three jobs. Amazing. And I got less money again. I was like, wow, how the hell did I do that? And I did it in like a month. So it was like the best. And because I thought I was in so much pain because I was just trying to not deal with bankruptcy and heartbreak. And that's when I started training with Mackenzie every day. But it was just so great watching my body physically change and also just putting it out there. I was like, I want work. I want to work again. Yeah, you re- and realizing you responded. That, exactly. I sort of like changed the way the world reacted towards me. And it was so empowering. And I only lasted about six months, but it was a good six months. <laughs> and I still refer to it now. I'm like, really? ah, that's six months. What changed? Um, I got complacent again because he came back to me and I made money again. So I was like, all right, well, I don't have to deal with like going to the gym all the time and being powerful. I'll just go back into these routines. So I think that's the other thing about mental health. It's like consistency is key. And I just, I'm so like this. Mm. So it's just about trying to find a way to be a little bit more placid might be the wrong word, but just a little bit calmer rather than extremes. Yeah, the spikes. The spikes, exactly. Yeah. So I think that was the, that was the last time I felt really good. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But you, I feel like you've had quite a good spell recently. That, that's the thing, though. That's the inter- interesting thing about mental health is, like, I find it more of a head fuck if things are going well and I don't feel particularly connected or present to them. Like it's easy when you're like, well, everything's shit. That's why I feel like shit. When things are like going pretty good, and you're still like, that I find really difficult. That's really interesting. That's confusing. Well, that's um, imposter syndrome. Yeah, and all these things that you thought you needed to get to make you happy, like commissions and weight loss and a, a bit more money, they're not doing it for you, and you're like, and then you start to judge yourself. And you're like, mm-hmm. feel guilty for not feeling good. It's absolutely, and I'm like, oh god, where the hell do I go now? These things used to satiate me. Mm. And if they're not, what do I do next? Because you can't use... It's like you, your old tools aren't working anymore. And that's when you... That, which is why I'm... It's almost like... It's almost like... It's almost like um, a paper cut, isn't it? Oh. You know one of those things where... You know the weird thing where if you have like a big injury, your body sends so many endorphins that you kind of adjust, even though it's terrifying. Like if you broke your leg. Yeah, or broke a leg or if it... You know, you've... Tr- it's just something that like inconceivable to your thoughts but in the actuality of it happening you just got to go with it it's almost like heartbreak and I mean I mean, I oh yeah yeah the big ones yeah but then like it's just the little cut because it's like niggling just, it hurts yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean it's yeah. like oh these things are going really well in your life but, but remember ah, this is still it's still, still stinging this is still stinging yeah. that's actually very much it and I think that maybe it's also about not trying to ever eradicate these things because maybe we don't ever lose these things it's just about being able to I mean, handle them I will better. say though I didn't respond like that to heartbreak at all. Yes, you did. I didn't really. Which heartbreak are we talking about? I'm talking about one last year. Right. It wasn't... It, I mean, I put on a brave face and I managed to channel my, I suppose, introspection. But what do you mean that you didn't do? I'm mean? only just now coming, becoming myself again. Wow. But you so, you... so actually, getting the person back wasn't necessarily the healing part of the heartbreak. No. Which is quite insane. Well, no, no, because it's not that. It, I don't think there's, you know, there there is a certain level where that is that is and that is kind of like an equal sum, you mm. know. But I think it's for a lot of people, deep emotional pain is representative of a little more than the situation. Absolutely, you know, and it becomes a trauma. A hundred percent. Add it, add it to the list of uh, traumas. <laughs> exactly, but trauma that's reflective of previous trauma. Yeah. You know, we do live in these kind of suspended. Oh, totally. When I got properly like dumped by that person, and I was really heartbroken. It was like all about being rejected by my dad and stuff when I was a kid. It wasn't just about him. It was about bigger 
like pain in the past just coming and rushing. Do back. you think what what's your opinion on self awareness like that? Do you think do you think because right now it's it's quite topical I think for people to well just to set the set set the scene. Mm. We are in a time now where millennials especially um which I think you you'd just fall into. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I think but no, I think we're in a no no, for real though, where the mental health is being challenged more than ever just because of the advances of technology and also because of the parental environments in which we grew up in. Mm. For us there are some intersections in regards to that. But I feel as though you know, some people would argue that this getting on with it you know that getting on with it sometimes you know it's the idea of like don't don't re-traumatize yourself yeah you know just don't move and be you and this is something i kind of grapple with i think ultimately i know that my standing is that i am happier that i understand where my pain comes from in order to make better decisions but do you think that is the- i agree i don't yeah. think i think a lot of living in my 20s was not even um having any talk with myself about what had happened in the, the, all the years of my life before that and yeah. that's I think that's the only way I think Lily said it perfectly when she um, yeah, a, a quote in her book yeah. but she said uh, like we only understand like where the hell we're going when we think about where we're from and I think that's as a society that's a a, a big a, statement a, a, a true testament but also personally like you only really know how to get anywhere when you understand where the hell you've been and why and what happened there. so actually I think it's deeply deeply important to look back to go forward yeah 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 and I and the time at the time when I didn't I was a mess as you know so I think it's um it's become a huge part of my life now so actually I realize we haven't done the reverse what was your worst time mentally um Worst time mentally. Like how's, you know, because interestingly, you've responded to what seems to be quite a a big shift in your life, but you responded positively. So yeah, what would you say is your your worst period of of mental well-being? I guess I think probably just before that, the year when I knew I was about to go bankrupt, when I knew I was about to get dumped, like, like the impending sense of doom and doing nothing to try and stop it instead hurtling even quicker and far I just started spending money like a crazy person because I was like oh, I'm going bankrupt anyway it wasn't even going bankrupt just going to do a disclaimer about like a crazy person this is a whole truth podcast <laughs> sorry actually like, an anti- yeah. we're actually an anti-stigma campaign <laughs> <laughs> Like um, it's like right. someone who didn't know what they were up to. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we're, crazy. We're, we're not we're not too pedantic um, here. Um, but I mean, you. you so will be. yeah. Um, so I think that's actually a lot harder when you're when you know it's all about to fall apart yeah. and there's nothing you can do about it, or you think there's nothing you can do about it, and you just are laying in wait. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, that ominous was doom is yeah. probably the biggest source of anxiety. I just think exercise. Exercise is just, and I don't mean like just train, but like. Just jump, move. Like, I got really into skipping, and it's, like, really changed my life. great. I love skipping. It turns out I'm a brilliant skipper. Really? Like, I'm really incredible. Yes. Really? I can do double Dutch. Wow. Georgie, that was training, was like, I don't know, she was like, this is, like, a gift you have. Oh, my God, maybe they're skipping I can do double, like, you know, when you go, like, around twice. Nikita, you should hone this. I was going to start, like, a skipping club. 
Oh my god! Because it's it. really good. Because it's a quid. Do you know without the skipping it? rope? I mean, just actually skipping. Oh, yeah. what like? No, no, just skipping along the street. I challenge anyone to do that and be unhappy <laughs> and not have a good time. Ha- I did it with my. I just can't. You cannot frown and skip at the same time. No, <laughs> but that's why I wanted to start a skipping club because I think at what we all are always trying to do is go back to a child state of sort of innocence and and play. Mm. And I think skipping, not only is your heart rate going up, so physically it's just great for your endorphins, but it makes you feel like a child. And yeah. also there's a sense of achievement if you do it well. Yeah. So you just wait. You just wait for my Yeah, I do love. think adulthood is is greatly flawed. Yeah, and also not not as fun as the other bit. Yeah, I think you can balance it. I think sometimes it's... it's, it's I think it's, people drinking and going to the pub is trying to feel like kids again. Well, I mean... I'd say most drunk people act like total babies, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's not sometimes they see someone crawling no, and totally. go, that's what? That is a, that's actually an yeah. infant. Alcohol is infantilizing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, we are trying to return there. Um, oh, you were a good drunk sometimes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> we have, have, have mentioned music a few times. We partnered with a few charities and um, a whole playlist has been collated um i think we're also doing a music for mental health which i'd love you to come to actually 18th yeah i was gonna say i haven't missed it yet have i no 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 No, 18th of november uh and big thing for us that great lineup very exciting at the roundhouse i know thank you i mean for o2 next year no biggie (laughs) but um what yeah we're gonna aim for it next year oh aim for it yeah, I think we could have done it. I think this year. Anyway, no. Well, regardless, the inter- also Roundhouse is amazing sound. But I think universe- music is just this language that everyone shares, and I think it is intrinsic in terms of people's recovery. And sometimes even I know that I can't listen to certain songs, or I can listen to certain songs, and I'm taken to a place, moved away from a place. So, I agree. Yes. Are there any songs that? reminds you of being in a good place are there any songs that remind you of being in a bad place are there is there a go-to album for you yeah i can't listen to otis reading um try a little tenderness because oh, that, that's my f- oh. no, but i listened to that when i had my first heartbreak oh. over and over and over it's not even really about heartbreak either well it's about it's actually a man instructing some very healthy yeah and, like be kind yeah <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. I was it like, God's sake, Otis, why? Yeah. Why did you go? Yeah, it was bad though, and I, I cannot listen to it even now. Oh, man, um, the other nice. day, I listened to Silverchair all day, and it, do you know who that is? Is, is that a band? Yes. Silverchair. You know yeah, like an Australian indie. Yeah, amazing. Oh, they don't. They were like just after Nirvana, but they were like hardcore and brutal but brilliant melodies and like almost like soulful like he's got Daniel Johns has this brilliant soulful I can't even explain his voice I think he's probably one of my favourite vocalists of all time wow. and I just listened to the album Frogstop beginning to end the other day and I was like I'm 15 and I was so 15 I felt 15 like all these memories really? came up and it was just joy it was a day of joy so actually any grunge music because I was so grunge you know when you're divine. yeah but when you're young what music you're listening to defines you mm. so for me it wasn't like oh yeah we listened to silverchair but we were silverchair fans like that was who we were so listening to all the music yeah. from that time i just was transported back to like being on the cusp of becoming a teenager and how excited you felt and all like yeah. the possibilities of everything that was really nice so i think if i ever need to feel uplifted i always listen to some good old silverchair or nirvana or hole great 
<laughs> One last question is if you had a whole hour, which is something we've been promoting, it's an hour in a day where our phones are not at the center of our attention. Um, ironically, you find out about it via your phone, but then you put the phone down. Yeah. Um, what would you do with your whole hour? Skip. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Mikita. <laughs> that was the whole truth. Mm. <laughs> okay, let's go get hypnotized now. Yeah. <laughs> 